Welcome to the Conquerors Podcast. We share inspirational stories, entrepreneurs, and how they overcame their difficulties on their way to success. This episode is about Jocelyn DeMaya. In this episode, we talk about her identity as a creative entrepreneur and when was the point that she knew that this was her life's work? What is it about community that is so important to her? And some of the common misconceptions she deals with as a creative entrepreneur. We cover a lot of ground here, and this is definitely an episode you don't want to miss. The Conquerors Podcast. So who is Jocelyn? And um, when people ask you, what do you do? What do you, what do you tell them? It's funny because when... I graduated from college. I almost immediately started working for myself, but I didn't realize it at the time. Oh, wow. So it it took me a couple, I want to say a couple months, it took me more than a couple months um, of people asking, what do you do? And me having no idea how to explain <laughs> it. Um, and just getting to the point where I, I'm like, well, I, I do a lot. I am a community builder. I am an artist. I love bringing people together. I have a focus on women empowerment as well as um, youth and the arts and how do I help inspire creativity in others. And I do that. I do all of those things through my business and personal brand, Jocelyn Shares. Mm -hmm. I do that through Kern Creatives, which is an organization that I'm one of the co-founders of. Um, And I do that through the studio where I, I teach a lot of the skills that I have to others in the community. Excellent. And so how do you, how did you become comfortable with your identity? I mean, and maybe it's a, it's a process because, um, as I said earlier, you know, most people, um, expect you to go to school, get a job, work for the system, live happily Mm -hmm. ever after, retire and travel the world. But, um, from what I, from what I can see, you're doing something different. So how did you how did you get comfortable with that ambiguity of who you are, what you do, and what helps you to... You know, there is still some discomfort okay. in it. <laughs> um, okay. But what, what allowed me to embrace it was to realize that I could not be doing anything else. Right. I, I mean, I'm sure I, I could work for someone, but I wouldn't be happy. Right. And I just won't settle for that. Like, I right. refuse... To live a life that is is not what I want to be doing. Understanding that there are going to be decisions that come up and things that I have to do that I am not super stoked about. Yeah. However, overall, I want to just be excited every day. Um, and I really care about... So, okay. In, in college, I did a lot of like activism work Mm -hmm. a lot of it was like arts and activism so Mm -hmm. it's activist theater and so there's definitely that like inside of me there's that like i need to make change i need to do something i need to have an impact um and i'm able to do that at the capacity that i'm currently doing it because i work for myself okay and i feel like even though that means putting in more hours now and even though it means like my paychecks to myself which are like whatever you know money i make here and there is is not consistent like some months i'm like dang this is great i (laughs) am killing it 
this is totally what I want to be doing. This is why I do it. Other months, I'm like, oh, man, this is kind of a dry <laughs> month. What do I do? Um, and finding a balance. And finding a balance in all of that has been really important. But going back to the question of how I felt, how I started feeling comfortable in it, just it's it's me. Like, I get right. to do what I love. Right. Yeah, and that's it takes it takes courage. And I think, you know, I assume it's maybe easier after you graduate from college and you kind of start working for yourself rather than you've been working for someone for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, then you have to take that leap. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had no security. <laughs> I like, there's none. I graduated from college, was in a ton of, I had so many student loans, piles and piles of student loans. So I guess yeah, not knowing security, not knowing the comfort of a, <laughs> of a steady paycheck, I'm sure that helped. <laughs> I didn't have to walk away from some comfort that I knew. Yeah. I just jumped into the thrill and the fear and and the excitement. Yes. Well, it's it sounds like it's been an amazing journey. So I wanna so I wanna go back, go mm-hmm. back a little bit. Well, actually, way back. So. Yeah. So how did you know that you wanted to be a creative? So not necessarily doing what you're doing now, but um, what was it maybe in your childhood or something that kind of pushed you towards a more creative uh, creative side of things? I think I've always been really creative and hands-on and, and tactile even. Um, people always ask me, like, well, why do I sew? Why do I draw? Why do I carry around, like, a physical planner that can get you know stolen (laughs) you know just I why do I carry around a notebook all the time um and I just I think from a young age I was always you know coloring or cutting out paper I remember I want to say it was probably first grade I started way back back, (laughs) first grade I remember just taking a bunch of paper and some scissors and some scotch tape and like creating thing like i made like a cash register and everything was 3d like pull out drawers wow like buttons that were separate like a little hand scanner thing like i just liked to make things with whatever i could get my hands on and i think that that's always been the case well it sounds like definitely there's some natural ability in that area right i would say there was there's always been patience and curiosity, mm-hmm. which has allowed me to take the time to hone in on skills. Because I think so much of it is practice. Right, right. When I entered college, my drawings were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I look back at my portfolio to, to enter CalArts, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how'd they let me in? But through, you know, semesters of six-hour-long life drawing classes... Mm-hmm. and having to turn in drawing assignments every week and have them be critiqued, mm-hmm. you know, I got a lot better. <laughs> got better, yeah. And you mentioned two two qualities, which I personally think are are very critical for entrepreneurs, and those are patience and curiosity. Mm-hmm. Because I would say if you don't possess a curiosity about the world around you, you won't ask questions, you won't explore, and you most likely won't, won't want to grow and then patience because as you are learning it takes patience you know primarily with yourself 
And so, very good. And so, um, was was there anyone else in your family that maybe gave you inspiration that you saw growing up? Um, I mean, I think like all of my like my parents and all my siblings would all say that I'm like the most creative one. Okay. The one. I mean, I think we all have it in us in in little ways, but I think I in in that regard, I like stood out with like I'm, you know, I'm going to do theater and I'm going to dance and I'm going to going to draw and public speak and make really cool poster boards and what and I'll, I even remember like academically whenever mm-hmm. we'd have our projects, those were my favorite because right. I just get super artsy with it. I would spend more Everybody hours. Everybody would love having you on their team. I would spend more hours than I ever should have on like <laughs> any report. <laughs> yeah. because, like on like the visuals of it. It was right, always yeah. like the visuals I was so into. <laughs> so I want to talk about maybe the uh, the little bit darker side of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say was maybe um, one of your biggest challenges as a, as a creative and how did you overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly facing challenges yeah. so we can dive into some of those. <laughs> um, well, I guess first off, I want, I'll go a little bit more specific on like being a creative person, um, being a solo entrepreneur in Kern County Mm -hmm. for some, like, because we live in such like a practical area, so many people live in Kern County because of practicality, because the housing cost is low. So you can, you know, raise your family, have a big backyard, like the, the practicality of living here really creates a great lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, which also means that people are often looking for the best deals and what Very they true. need, not necessarily aesthetically what is going to be pleasing to them. You know, it's not so much about, oh, I want a beautiful handcrafted table by a local artisan as opposed to, oh, this is really big. It fits my family and I got it at a good price. Right. And, and that's just the mentality and there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with that, um, but going into a market, like living in the center of a market that doesn't necessarily like care that much for your, you know, luxury goods, right. like custom clothing is not a practical item. You don't ask <laughs> me to make you a custom shirt right? because you, you need to be clothed. Like right. you go to Target and you buy a t-shirt if that's the case. Um, and so having to figure out how to market strategically and kind of find the right people, find mm-hmm. my right target audience in this space has been really interesting. Um, and yeah, what did you come up with? I think one of the things I found is finding other people who do similar things as mm-hmm. me. Finding mm-hmm. all of those other local local artisans and makers and artists mm-hmm. and knowing like, all right, you guys all do it here, so I know I can too. And also realizing that we get to support each other, mm-hmm. which creates really wonderful, beautiful relationships. Wow. Yeah, I notice you're you're always doing some collaboration or some uh, project with uh, a local artist or another local creative. And so, um, so when you're doing these partnerships, um, what what's coming of these partnerships? Is it um, yeah, I'm I mean, it's it's a lot of things. I will okay. So first off, I'll reference um, 
Hannah Gomez. She's one of my friends. She's a, an interior designer. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the owner of Iron and Oak Studios, which is a local interior design firm, and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we've tried some projects together. We recently did a, a pillow collection yeah, that we I've released. I've seen them. I've seen them. And it was so much fun. We invested a, a good amount of money in that. We got a lot of positive feedback, but I think we were expecting more than than we got, which which I think is very very common. Yeah, in yeah. the the entrepreneurial world, when you have yeah. a startup, when you, you're like, I have a great idea, everyone's gonna love this, <laughs> and you know, some people love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what's cool is like the relationship that formed from that um and our relationship started a little before that project but has really helped helped both of us like since she is an interior designer even though you know we're not selling pillows all the time right right she still has a lot of custom work that she needs done for her clients and so i'm kind of her go-to and it's fun because we get to do we get to do little projects together like that um, and I've I've referred her out to people as well, and so building those relationships with people in an industry that I mean I think there's a lot of crossover even when things don't seem super connected. Mm-hmm. Like she's an interior designer, I I sew and I sew a lot of stuff. Right. Um, right. But you know, figuring out that that balance of like, okay, even though. I don't necessarily know where this relationship is going to go. I don't have an expectation of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, get jobs out of this. Right. But just, you know, being genuine and building real relationships with people, like you never know what's going to come out right. of that. And that's one relationship that I know we've both benefited from, whether it's, you know, a girl's night sharing a glass of wine and hanging out, or it's referring each other to clients and, and getting to make fun projects and kind of get creative together. Oh, that's awesome. So I I also know that you're a a really big advocate for community and I can I can hear it as um you're you're sharing with me how you're engaging with, with other creatives. And so what what is your what is your idea of community and why is that, you know, so important to you? Community is so important. Because I think we currently live in a world where people don't value each other as much as they need to. I think humans are just undervalued. Yeah. Um, and if we can get in a room with each other and get in a space and when we can create things, when we can have real conversations, we begin to value the people around us more. And I think we begin to really find the value in ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I care about community and I do everything that I can to to build it and mm-hmm. to bring people together um, whether that's a current creatives event or whether that's inviting uh, a bunch of people to come in and learn to sew because mm-hmm. I think when people learn together right, right. that's another really really beautiful way to build community yeah <laughs> yeah very good um, and so Let's let's talk a little about about Kern Creative. So, mm-hmm. what is Kern Creatives? Kern Creatives is a local organization that got its start in January of this year, two thousand eighteen. Um, Amanda Schaefer and I are the two co-founders, and it's funny because like like my business, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just did air quotes, uh, like that I. 
didn't realize was a business at first. Kern Creative started as Amanda and I being a part of some events. We didn't think it, we didn't know where it was going to go, if it was even going to take any kind of direction. Mm-hmm. And we just, we knew that people needed to come together. We knew that living in Bakersfield, we didn't have enough creative outlets that weren't like solo creative outlets. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of creative people here. Yes, there's they are. no shortage. Yeah, very true. And there's there's so much talent as well. Like they're not just like people who are like, oh, I'm creative. I like to make it. <laughs> it's like people who are really good at what they yes, do. Yes, yes, very true. But there wasn't this, there aren't that many opportunities for them to actually get together and create something. Um, also understanding that people's time is their most valuable thing like yes. you can't take someone's time you can't like you can't demand that much of someone's time um and so we started a series of events that it would be a workshop and then a showcase mm-hmm. we'd call it a creative improv workshop where we invite people to come together to make something mm-hmm. we didn't know exactly what it was going to be but the idea was how let's let's come together, let's introduce ourselves mm-hmm. depending on who we are, what our backgrounds are, what our strong suits are. We would create something together. Mm-hmm. And as time has gone by, and I think we've gone through, we've done like six workshops now, seven, I think we're on our seventh. Um, we have found that we do kind of need to get a little more specific. Right, so now right. we have lead artists who help facilitate so there is a collaborative effort ideas are heard ideas Mm -hmm. are sparked right there and then however there is someone facilitating it who is uh an expert in whatever medium we're looking at for that month um but the event that piggybacks off of that workshop Mm -hmm. is the showcase inviting the greater community to come and be a spectator to the work made at the at the workshop realizing that not everyone considers themselves a creative not everyone wants to put themselves out there because you know some people are like well it's not for me they hear an (laughs) event is marketed towards creatives and they're like i'm not creative i know numbers they're like i'm an accountant what do i do (laughs) Um, and so the idea is how do we document the workshop so well that when we invite everyone to come see it, because everyone will go to the movies or go to a dance show or go to a concert because they want to see it. They want to know what's happening. Right. They just are like, no, nah, may, may not want to participate it. in it. <laughs> um, and so the idea is let's document it so well so that they see that it's not a bunch of pressure. We're taking people of all skill sets, of all creative abilities, of all backgrounds, and saying, come join us and have fun. Because mm. when you create something together, all of a sudden you have a real relationship. Right, right. All of a sudden, the person who you spent three hours standing next to, you know, painting a photo backdrop, you, you've made something together. Right. And then you can take that relationship outside of the workshop and you can apply it in real life. Yes. I mean, I've seen like scripts and short films and video projects and photo projects and like painting collaborations. I've just, I've seen so much collaboration happen as a result of people meeting at the workshop or a showcase. Mm -hmm. And that's the best part. Wow. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of goes back to a couple of things that you've already mentioned before, which one being community and uh, genuinely valuing other human beings going into it just for the uh, 
um, the desire to get to know someone or to understand someone. And the possibilities are endless um, from what may come of that. But you don't you don't go into it looking necessarily to get something out of it. Now, maybe if it was, you know, a pure business transaction, you you have clear expectations. And the other thing that I'm hearing is that um, sometimes there's some ambiguity, right? Mm-hmm. And being open to the process, being open to the possibilities um, will get you uh, further along if you're not open to the possibilities in the process. And so, so why do you think uh, Kern Creatives is kind of critical for Bakersfield or Kern County? Um, I mean, going back earlier, I had said that there wasn't necessarily a space for us to create together. So that's part of it. Um, another, another aspect is I think people just don't, like just in, in general, I don't want to just say people, but because arts are not a very well-known pursuit here in Kern County because we're so close to LA, we're so close to San Francisco, a lot of people who you know, take their art very seriously would potentially just move to, to one of these bigger right. cities. Right. <clears throat> and so people don't necessarily know, people in Bakersfield don't necessarily know that there is a possibility. And so one thing that Kern Creatives also really cares to do is to be in the high schools and create mentorship programs and put speaker series into the high schools so that kids even know it's a possibility. Right. Because I never want anyone to feel stuck. I think too many people settle because they think like, well, I have a job, it's practical, it pays my bills, I have a house, and then, you know, after that is, well, I have a spouse and I have kids and, and I have a job and I'm, I'm fine. Yes. But they're not pursuing, like, right. is that it? Like, you just, <laughs> you have those things, like, check, check, check. Like They have life, but they're maybe not really living. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> are you stoked? Like, are you stoked right. every day to get up? Right. Like, are you, what is your impact in the world? Like, how are you leaving it better for future generations? How are you leaving it better for, yeah, your, your grandchildren? Like, what world do you want your grandchildren to live in? Are you contributing to make that happen? And that's a... And I think that's a perspective that a lot of people don't have, right? They they look at it from the short term and not the long term. As long as my basic needs are met, um, I'm okay. But but really, when you wake up every single day, you know there should be a passion for what you're doing. Um, there should be a drive that keeps you going. And I think um, you know, listening to you, I think. As an entrepreneur, you have to you have to have that right because there's the highs, mm-hmm. uh, there's the lows, there's the the disappointments, and you have to figure out a way to to move past. Oh, those. you need that passion. If you like, if you're not passionate about what, like, as a, an entrepreneur, if I wasn't passionate about what I was doing, there's no way I could do it. Yeah. At that point, I should just go get another job. Right. One thing I've told myself is if I'm not and like, I mean, I, I care to make a difference more than I care about anything else. But I've told myself, like, Jocelyn, if you are not making enough to, like, cover all of your basic needs, if you're not making enough to cover your, like, like you know, your student loans and your bills, then you have to get another job. And I don't want to do that. I really do <laughs> not want to do that, um, which, which makes me 
push harder. Right. It makes me go harder. And because I'm passionate about it, I have that ability. Right. If I didn't care about what I was doing, shoot, I would just go get another job. This is not easy. It's not easy. The stress that comes with it, like the emotional toll of being an entrepreneur, of choosing to pursue arts and community engagement. Right. And like potentially, you know, we're trying to get current creatives to become a nonprofit. Like these are not the things you do because you're like, oh, this this seems practical. <laughs> like, no, it's like the scariest thing. It's the most uncertain. Right. But I also think it's the most rewarding. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up because um, popular culture makes entrepreneurship um, look like this very easy, fun, flashy, gr- glamorous <laughs> thing. But when you're actually in the thick of it, there's times and there's things about entrepreneurship that are not fun. And it is it is actual work. It is hard it's work. It's so <laughs> much work. Oh my gosh, sometimes I think people look at me, they're like, what do you do? And they think that I just like sit up above a coffee shop and I just sew and I paint. And I like, no, <laughs> like I got work. Yes. You know, even, even when people are always like, oh, did you make that, what you're wearing? Do, do you make all your clothes? I'm like, how much time and money do you think I have? Like, I make things when I'm making them for clients. I occasionally will make something for myself if I know that I have a big event to go to and I know I'll be seen. And I'm like, well, I really should make this because that's marketing. Like, right, that is my- right. But it's like, it's a business tactic. It's not like, right, I don't right. just sit up and have fun all day. <laughs> like, I love what I do. Like, yeah. I love that I can do it. I love the flexibility with my time. But... Flexibility just means like if I want to spend a Wednesday morning having breakfast with my dad, I can work can until 1 a.m. if I yes. want. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that I I can work, you know, I only work 20 hours a week. It means that I work 60 to 90 hours a week. Yes. I just choose when those hours are. <laughs> yes, yes. So so we covered a lot here. I want to touch on a few things and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. And so what is... What is maybe one of the most, you know, common myths about what you do that you want to dispel from the face okay. of the, <laughs> face okay, of the universe? Okay, I'm going to People, when they, like, don't know me very well or they're introducing me to others, like, this is Jocelyn. She's a fashion designer. Right, right. And I'm just going to say that I have zero fashion background. <laughs> None. Okay. Whatsoever. I went to college for costume design. I love the story and the narrative behind things. I I did a lot of work. Like I, I mentioned that I did like activist theater and really worked a lot with um, some community art centers around like doing plays around the subject of immigration mm-hmm. and really telling intense stories that got really political. Like wow. this is that's the kind of work that I did. Um, I mean, going to art school. There are a lot of activists. There are, there's so many topics that we discuss. I mean, going to college, period, your mind really expands. Yes, and you, very true. And more than anything, out of college, like I learned how to think for myself and how to hear the opinions of a million other people and decide what I believe and how to communicate that, how to articulate that to the world. Um, but all of that being said, I, I do what I do because I care about people and mm-hmm. I care about community and I care um, about 
about telling a story. Wow, that is very interesting. Yeah, I was. I remember I was talking to a local um, restaurant owner, mm-hmm. and she's also a, a graphic design by by education. So I said, "How do you how do you connect your graphic design and your you know you own a restaurant?" And she explained it how the the restaurant is the canvas that she chooses to use to express her her art. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's through uh, making a sandwich, an, a unique menu item, or a uh, unique element inside the restaurant, it's the, the vehicle that she chooses to express her art. So very good. So um, what are you currently working on that you want people to know about? Oh, goodness. I... No, you're doing I'm a constantly lot, working on <laughs> yeah. so many projects. I'm you're like trying to I'm trying to hone that down for sure. So I'm working on like fewer bigger projects. I feel like that's every entrepreneur's goal. Yeah. I want the bigger projects and I want to work on few fewer. <laughs> <laughs> um no one wants to feel like they're stretched thin. But um some of the projects that I'm excited about, um, I guess so. Kern Creatives is recent has recently like made some more relations with other local organizations. We were recently partnering with the BYP Bakersfield mm-hmm. Young Professionals. We recently did a workshop at Bakersfield Museum of Art. Coming up here, we're doing the Bakersfield. We'll be at the Bakersfield Marathon, um, oh, and cool. so just yeah, I'm I'm really excited to continue to work with other local organizations, local businesses. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to <laughs> do something with Kern Creatives, we're always excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, we because Kern Creatives is always doing events, we just we love working with others, building those relationships, building that community. Um, so I guess that's what I want. I want people to know about. Okay, excellent. So last question. So if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? How would you like them to contact you? All right. There are a few. There are actually quite a few things I'm about to, to tell all of you guys. Well, you can find me personally on Instagram at Jocelyn Shares. Um, also on my website is JocelynShares.com. So you can find me there, learn more about what I do, see some cool photos, um, and just like stay up to date. And then you can find Kern Creatives on Instagram at Kern Creatives. And for the studio where we teach our creative workshops, sewing classes, that kind of stuff, you can find us on Instagram at sew at the studio with periods in between everywhere. So sew period at period the period studio. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, excellent. And um, I guess we'll have all that in the show notes, if there are show notes. <laughs> but thank you, Jocelyn, for your time. And it um, was a pleasure. Thank you so much. To thank you so much for listening to our episode. You can find more information about each entrepreneur on our blog at www.meshcowork.com. Until the next time, keep on conquering. This is Tabari from the Conqueror's Podcast.